Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And right away, they were like, we need to get her to ICU. And my mom at first is like, why? She has a soccer tournament. <laughs> Not even thinking that... <laughs> I need to be admitted to the hospital. Oh she was just God. worried about the soccer tournament because at the time I was the only, I was the only goalie on the soccer team. So they had no other backup. So she was just like, Oh, how am I going to explain this to, to, to your coach? What am I going to tell her? Welcome to how my parents raised me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you? What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hi 
Hey beautiful souls, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We have the conclusion to Teresa's story this week. We heard last week about how she grew up in a narcissistic family. It was all very much about appearances and how the family and the individuals were viewed by the world and this even resulted in Teresa not being allowed to have a diagnosis for autism which meant that she's really struggled throughout her life to fit into the world the way that her parents wanted her to and on top of that of course the manipulation and the gaslighting and everything that comes along with being a part of a narcissistic family a combination of those things left Teresa really in quite a, a fragile and very unwell place. There is a small section of the podcast where Teresa talks about some health issues which involves bleeding and blood and so if that is something that is triggering for you please take care as to whether you listen to that section of the podcast. We pick up Teresa's story as she is recounting the last text message that she received from her mother. And please join me now for the conclusion of Teresa's story. It'll backfire. So she's going to have to come crawling back home sooner or later, and it'll happen. Just give it time. And I replied and said, who said that? And she said, I'm not going to say who, but prove them wrong. So she's saving face for whoever said it, or she said it, and she doesn't want to make herself look bad. And then my reply was, you're saving face. You're not an ally to me. I can read between the lines. It doesn't matter who said it. It's being said. I've had no support and still don't. It's all toxic family bullshit. It's further proving my point that I deserved much better. I'm not coming back. We're going incognito. Good luck keeping a lid on this. And that was the last thing I've ever said wow. to my parents at that point. And then, you know, the one additional run-in was my partner running into my brother at the concert. But after that, we've had no former contact since I cut them off. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's just so toxic, isn't it? It's just so, so, so toxic. You can just see that I'm losing control. I'm losing control and just trying to grab at everything and try and get somebody to listen to what she's trying to say. I don't know. It's, it's just awful. And God, you're so much better out of that situation. You know, you must I feel be. so much better. <laughs> I oh feel my so gosh. much better. Because just that one thing makes me feel sick. So how, over the years, how has this really affected your mental and physical health? Oh, it's done. It's done its damage. I feel just with the amount of pressure I was having in my household alone did cause me to have like some permanent ailments. So, you know, for a person that's neurodivergent or autistic, you're four times more likely to have gastrointestinal problems, which I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at the age of 17. And prior to that, I had been bleeding 
internally for about eight or nine months. And over time, I just was getting weaker. I was getting paler. My, my energy was depleting. And I was in competitive soccer at the time. And my coaches thought that I was just getting lazy. And I just wasn't practicing hard enough. So they made me practice even harder and even more. So eight or nine months went by. And I, I just looked ghostly. I just looked sick and, and, and frail and nothing was happening. And, you know, in the beginning, I just thought, oh, maybe it's just, you know, womanly issues. It could have been something with my period. And my parents kind of just played it off. Like maybe it wasn't such a big problem. But then July of 2009, when I, I was waking up to, to get ready for a soccer tournament and I had this weird compulsion to shower and I started coughing up blood. And then I called my mom who was getting off of work that I was just like, hey, I'm coughing up blood. I, I, there's, something, there's something wrong. So she was just like, okay, we'll just like, we'll take you to the emergency room really quick. Maybe they'll give you some kind of pills or something. And then, you know, you'll be off to your soccer tournament. So we get to the hospital and they check us in. They tried to do like a blood sample. You know, they had to take a stool sample because it was also like those types of problems. And right away they were like, we need to get her to ICU. And my mom at first is like, why? She has a soccer tournament. <laughs> Not even thinking that. <laughs> I need to be admitted to the hospital. Oh she was just God. worried about the soccer tournament because at the time I was the only, I was the only goalie on the soccer team. So they had no other backup. So she was just like, Oh, how am I going to explain this to, to, to your coach? What am I going to tell her? You know? And, and my coach knows like, I'll go and play like while, while I'm sick, like with a cold or flu, like I'll still be out, you know, playing. So she just didn't know how she was going to tell my coach. And then here I am getting admitted into ICU. They saw that I had like a deathly blood count and I needed five blood transfusions like right away. Oh. And then the, the following day was just like, okay, like we're going to get her into a colonoscopy and see what's going on down there, you know? And at the time we just didn't know what, what was going on, you know? And ultimately they told me that I had an ammonia, that I was anemic and that I had ulcerative colitis, and they if they would have brought me in a day later, uh, I would have died. Oh my God. So that was not good news. They said that my body was so weak and just not well that it could have been like four to six weeks until like I could have like passed. So for me, it was just like, I need to think some positive thoughts right now because I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to to go. So, you know, five blood transfusions later, they're pumping me with all the good, wonderful hospital medicines. <laughs> and ultimately in two weeks, everything looked good. I was not going to die. They let me out free. And I had a crazy outlook on life after that point, because I was just like, wow, like my body definitely needs a lot more TLC than what it's been given, not even correlating at the time that it could have been due to all the stress that I was getting at home, you know, at, at the hand of my parents, essentially. And now that I'm like, looking now, it's just like, wow, like, I was in that much stress that my body was attacking itself. And 
when I was telling my parents about like the symptoms in the beginning, they were just kind of brushing it off like it wasn't a big deal. But if you're seeing so much blood when you're using, you know, the, the washroom and they're not even batting an eye, it almost makes you think like, man, th did they really care that that there was something going on or did they think that i was just you know being sensitive and blowing it out of proportion when really it was as serious as i was making it out to be you know and and i could have died from it because they just they didn't think it was serious yeah you know that that's that's the kicker like that's so scary for me to think like i i, I wouldn't be here if they didn't take me that one day or if they would have brought me a day later like I just, I wouldn't be here. Oh, my God. I mean, there's so many things there. But first of all, it's really important to, to point out to anybody listening who has suffered a lot of chronic illness that that illness does come from that trauma, that stress. Often people aren't even realising that those two things can cause such a, a chronic illness. But also the fact that you're parents like you've almost been trained not to see any of your own needs you're obviously so unwell and you've been trained that you're so unimportant that you don't even look at what you need until you're almost dead you know that that's terrifying isn't it it's scary like at, at 17 years old you're not expecting to be in the hospital and hearing that you're gonna you know, die potentially, like that's not what a 17 year old wants to hear. You know, when you're 17, you're, you're wanting your parents' guidance on how to, you know, survive college and, and how to, you know, navigate the world and, but still be yourself. But even then it was still them trying to like grasp at the appearance and, and everything. And it, it was just, I don't know, at 17 years old, that's not what you want to deal with. And, and, you know, unfortunately I had those cards dealt. I mean, I look back and it's just like, again, like for me, I, I, I always take a negative and turn it into a positive because, you know, I've had other people that have come to me over the years that are, you know, diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And they know that I know a lot about it because I've lived with it for so long that it's nice to just like kind of be that person that people come to for like that type of advice. And even recently with the whole me kind of being more open about my story and being dealing with like narcissistic parents and, and people, I've had a lot of people come to me and just be like, thank you for making your posts and, and, and giving out your story and information because it's now leading me to find that I have narcissistic people in my life that I need to, you know, go low contact with, or I need to cut them out, or I need to break up with them. So for me, it's just like, I feel like those things do happen for a reason. I just wish that it wasn't as much as I would have gotten it. Like, I wish there was like a lot of good that could have, I could have looked back on it in my youth and in my childhood that it could have been like, you know, oh, the majority of my childhood was great. But to look back on it and say, wow, the majority of my childhood was not good makes me sad. But now I'm in a position where I'm kind of getting that back now, you know, and, and not only that, but I'm with a partner that's just like, you can do what makes you happy. You can do anything you want, just as long as you're healthy and you're safe and you're happy. I'm going to support you all the way. I've never gotten that as a child. It's always been met with 
with criticism and, and, and punishment and so much con like conditional love that in the beginning of like my relationship with my partner, it didn't feel natural. It almost felt weird. It felt like it wasn't right, but because I was just so brainwashed and, and, and trained, you know, to learn like to be in more like abusive relationships that like being in a healthy one, it was jarring. But now that it's like settled in, it's just like, wow, this is how a relationship should be. I mean, whether it's a relationship with like a partner or parents, I'm like, this is how it should have been my whole life. And I never got it. And I was always trying to grasp at straws to get to that point. And I feel like that's why I was trying to be in a lot of relationships when I was in like my later teens to early adulthood, because I was just, I needed that love so bad. So I was willing to get into these like relationships to get it. But unfortunately being that desperate and that vulnerable gets you into relationships with narcissistic people. And you're, you're just going back into the bird's nest of, of just trauma and manipulation and gaslighting. And these guys know it and they will, you know, play you like a fiddle and know exactly what to do and what to say. And you're basically back at square, square one. <laughs> mm. And now that I'm with like my partner, it's just like, it's so refreshing and, and so calm and, and just, it's so hard to find the words at times because like I haven't been in many relationships where I can describe a good relationship. I know plenty of words to describe bad relationships, but being in a good one, it it's hard to find the words for it, but I can tell you that it's just nothing but just like liberation, freedom, love, and happiness. And I have nobody to thank but my partner for, for that for, for sure. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, love, I just love that so much. It's, it's so true. I think when you're in that toxic family relationship, it's so familiar to be around those people. And so you just end up around more and more of those people, you know, and you find somebody else who's just not that at all. And you you can't even it just feels wrong, right? It just feels like it's not in the beginning. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, it feels like this isn't right. I'm not used to somebody. And I've heard this before people saying I wasn't used to anybody treating me well. I didn't know what care or love was really. And how amazing that you've met this, this amazing guy. That's just fantastic. What, what has it been like in these past few months to go no contact? How does your life feel different? It's crazy. And like now that we're going into April, we're almost approaching one year of being in like no contact or at least me being, being no contact. And it's at times like I catch myself thinking about it and, and it almost stops me in my tracks. Like I, I could be like folding laundry or, or like cleaning the apartment and it stops me in my tracks being like, I don't have to walk on eggshells anymore. I don't have to fear hearing the door unlock and feeling like, oh, I have to do something productive or they're going to yell at me, or I, I, I need to be like cooking dinner. I need to be like doing something because if, if I'm just sitting on the couch, relaxing, oh, you're, you're deemed as lazy or, or they're going to pick on you for, for, for something, you know, they're just going to find anything to nitpick. But here it's just like, 
I don't have to walk on eggshells. There's peace, there's quiet, there's no yelling, arguing, lying. It's just very, everything's out in the open. We don't hide anything from, from each other. <laughs> it's almost like we're almost so into each other's businesses where it's just like, oh, well, what happened at work? Tell me everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a nice dynamic to, to like live with a partner that's just like, we're not having to conceal and, and, and lie about a lot of things. And not only that, he's also neuro, neurodivergent too. So there's a lot of things that we connect on as far as the way that we talk and communicate. So with myself, I'm autistic and I have ADHD and my partner has ADHD. So being in a relationship with a neurodivergent person makes things so much easier in a lot of ways <laughs> because they they understand how you communicate and it's a lot different than how like neurotypicals would communicate so whenever there's something wrong or something off we know how to communicate to try to get to a point where you know we're feeling better or we're having to navigate like a certain situation it's just like it's just so easy it's so easy i know there's so many people that preach oh, love is hard. You have to make it work. And I don't doubt that, you know, it, it, relationships do take a lot of work, but when you're in a healthy relationship, it doesn't feel like work. It's almost like it's a pleasure to get into like certain situations where, you know, I, I wouldn't call it conflict, but it's a little bit more challenging than other situations, but it's just so easy to go about it with a partner. That's just wanting to hear what you have to say. We're spreading out all of our options on the table and we're able to go one by one. And there's no, again, there's no fighting. There's no arguing. It's not like this ego fight to be like, I'm right. Or no, you're right. It's, it's just very easy. It's an easygoing thing. It's yeah. being in those types of relationships. It's, it just makes it a lot more like pleasurable and easier to navigate and you're not having to worry about all these things coming at you or having to be hypervigilant and plan for something to go wrong because they're there for you and I'm there for them. But with like narcissistic parents and stuff, you're always preparing for the worst. So you build up this hypervigilance to be like, oh, as soon as you hear the garage door, you got to get up and, and do something or else they're going to yell at you for something or, you know, you're having to brace for the impact. Even when, you know, you're coming home from school and you're saying hi to your mom and you're asking how she's doing and she lashes at you like, how the hell do you think I'm doing? It's like, okay, I'm just going to go up to my room and do homework now. You know, it, it, it's such, it's so opposite of what I was grown up and in, in used to that it's just so refreshing to have this just calm, serene environment. Like it's just nothing but love in our apartment, just like nothing but love. Like this feels, this feels more like home to me than my whole time I've been with my family. And I know that can sound really jarring to people because you know everyone says family is family family is your blood you gotta love your family but when you have not felt like you could be yourself and you've been having to mask and and get coarse into presenting yourself to be somebody you're not like I did not feel love in that family. There's very few people from my family I still keep in contact with. And they all know I cut my family off and they know and respect my decision. But for the most part, it's like the type of love that my family was displaying was, it was not love. 
it, it, it was not love. It was not love in the way that I thought love should be. But then once I got with my partner, that completely changed. Like how people are like, oh, love in the fairy tales. It isn't real. It's like, oh no, it's real. You just got to find it. It may not be all lovey-dovey like it is in the movies, you know, because, you know, you're in reality. So, you know, there's things that you have to take care of, whether, you know, you have a flat tire, you're having to pay taxes, but that it's real. You just have to find the people that are going to love and respect you for who you are. And you don't have to mask or hide anything. Like there are people out there. Absolutely. I love that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Being neurodivergent yourself, what sort of advice do you have for parents who have neurodivergent kids? I don't want any parent of a neurodivergent child to ever think that they're imperfect because back when I was diagnosed, it was almost like a, like a death sentence that you heard that your child wasn't perfect. And, and my parents took it that way. You know, they just thought that I was just tarnished. I was trash. Like, and they had to like basically polish up this trash to make it presentable to, you know, the world and society and everything. And, and for me, like that just made me feel so crummy as a kid that like, I was never going to be good enough, no matter how well I presented to their liking. Like it just wasn't going to be good enough. You know, for me, it's just like your child is going to be different. They're going to look at the world different, but they're going to show you a lot of ways on how like life can be beautiful at the same time, because there's so many beautiful qualities to a neurodivergent child that I feel like parents just really need to be open to the journey on, you know, what your child likes, what they don't like to not force them into things that make them uncomfortable and unhappy, you know, putting them in situations that they may not be prepared for, or having to take those baby steps to get them used to a certain situation that they might be exposed to, you know, it's, it's really going at the neurodivergent child's pace. It should never be like the parents trying to force the kid into something. And because then you're going to make this kid very unhappy and, you know, neurodivergent kids, they, they, they can pick up on how parents feel emotionally. You know, we're, we're very in tune like that. We're very in tune to our surroundings and know if people are making fun of us or if parents are, are making fun of us or, you know, trying to parent in the neurotypical way. So for me, it's just go at your child's pace, listen to your child, 
you know, they will tell you exactly what they need in their own way. And they will show you all the things that they love to do and what they want to do if they get older. It's like the, the, the world is still their oyster. You just really need to listen to the kid. Like you just cannot just be like, oh, well, they're into art, but I want them to be a football player. It's like, sorry, if they're not into sports, you got to get used to that. They're not going to be into sports and they're going to be artists and, you know, painters or actors or whatever medium they decided to, to choose for their job or, you know, whatever they decide that they want to, you know, do with their life. You just have to listen and, and trust them. You know, I feel like with a lot of parents, they, they, they think they know what's best, you know, because they're older and, and they've been, you know, they've been on the world longer and everything, but children are really good communicators and, and they'll tell you exactly what, what they want. I'm not saying like you have to like spoil them immensely and you can never say no, but you just need to guide them. They're going to do things on their own. They just need that support system. So if something goes wrong, it's like, Hey, we got you. We're still here for you. Yeah. I love everything you just said. That's absolutely <laughs> perfect. And that actually, actually, that goes for any child, you know. Uh, yeah. I, you know it, it's, it's, it's not just for neuro, neuro, yeah, like but, neurodivergence. But, it, but it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually what every parent needs to understand now is that that's how you need to parent kids. It's not about telling them what they need to be. It's about allowing them to be who they are. And who are you discovering that you are now who is the real Teresa now that you're free to be yourself what do you love doing oh gosh I'm still on that journey like right now I'm still on that journey it's you know I'm still trying to find out so much more about myself that I've either concealed and I'm trying to get that inner child back or I'm putting myself out there in new situations that you know I didn't really think that I was going to be doing at this point you know, um, I'm starting therapy around the end of next month. So I'm sure that's going to help me to kind of break out of my shell a little bit more. But at this moment, you know, it's just nice to be able to roam around a city that you've never been before. And you're kind of just discovering new places. Like my partner and I are huge foodies. So we always like going out and trying a new restaurant here, especially in Austin, Texas. There's plenty of great food places here. <laughs> And not only that, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's like it's huge on live music. So there's always a concert to go to and vibe out and have a good time. And then also I'm in that I'm in uh, a music collective for women and femmes over 21 called Fem Rock. And I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. And that has been just fantastic to get to like meet new people and put myself out there and not have to really hide or mask anymore. That's always a big plus, you know, I'm still getting kind of like, there's still times where like, I do want to retreat because I do have that conditioning still where it's just like, well, I don't know if people want to be friends with me or they're going to care what I have to say, because again, I just still have that programming left from like my parents and everything, but you know, it's a working progress and I'm working to kind of break out of that so I can just grow into myself and gain a little bit more self-confidence and, and stuff. But in the moment, it's just, it's nice to be able to just be able to try something without somebody being like, mm, I don't know what people are going to think about that. It's just, it's nothing but support and being like, go for it. 
you know, like do what you want to do that makes you happy. Again, just as long as you're safe and you're healthy, that's all that matters. It's just nice being able to have that freedom to just self-discover essentially. Right now, I feel like I'm a work in progress. So I haven't really got into like the official role of who I am yet because there's still so much to be discovered that I feel like it's going to be a never-ending discovery now that I'm not so restricted. So what I can say who I am now could vastly change in the next year or five years, but I'm ready for that, you know, that evolution essentially, because now that, you know, I'm not having my wings clipped, I can actually like fly now and get to try things and, and meet people and put myself out there and not be judged or fear of being judged, or if they do judge or try to manipulate, it's like, you're not going to be part of my life. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love that. And as you say, the world's your oyster now, you, you're ready to be you, uh, do life, however you want to do it. And also, you know, family, is who you decide family is right you yes you can you can create your own family now it doesn't mean that you have to be blood related my partner and I are are huge on the found family dynamic I feel like it's so much more prevalent now than it has been ever in in generations before I know generations before it was always like family first But now that definition of family is completely changing because there's just so many types of families and there's so many types of like relationships and and, and friendships that now people are creating their found families. And we're such like huge, huge advocates for found families because I feel like with found families, again, you're not having to be judged or having to be put in a box. You can just be yourself and, and it's celebrated you know, being yourself is celebrated. It's not, you know, anything to be like discouraged or ashamed about. It's so refreshing, you know, it's fantastic. It feels so good to just be able to like put yourself out there and and to potentially meet your, you know, your newfound family. It's great. And I cannot wait to see who enters my life in the future or who I meet, who I run into. You know, it's like you said, it's like the world's my oyster now and it doesn't feel so constrained. Like, you know, you're having four or five people like trying to pull you back when you're just trying to reach to open the door and just escape. It's like in my, in my body right now, I'm like, I'm just so overwhelmed with joy that I'm like, the words are coming out. (laughs) I can can see it. I can see it. It's it's like, oh, the joy, the joy of just being myself, just being myself. And that's, that's all most of us want, isn't it? We just want to be accepted for who we are. So Teresa, tell us where people can find you because just having spoken to you today, you have such a, a story and you're on such an amazing adventure now. I'm sure that people would love to find you on Instagram. Yes, that would be absolutely amazing. If anybody wants to find me, I'm at Instagram, of course, trock91, so T-R-O-C-K-9-1. And you'll see my picture and I have very colorful hair. <laughs> so I'm not hard to miss on Instagram for sure. But yes, you can definitely find me there. 
and I'm going to be posting a lot more about just like my story and my life at the moment. It's just been quite the whirlwind just doing like band practices and stuff, but I'm going to make it a point to like be a lot more active on Instagram now and kind of just put myself out there a little bit more. So it'll be nice to be able to, you know, meet as many people as I can, whoever, you know, is going to hear the podcast or just stumble upon my Instagram and just read my story and Hopefully I can help some people out, whether, you know, you're going through, you know, narcissistic abuse, or if you are neurodivergent, you know, it's a safe space on my Instagram. All are welcome. That's so beautiful. Oh, it's been so wonderful speaking to you. What you've been through is hard. And I feel like at the start of our chat, oh, it was so, it was so tight and constricted. And now I can just feel the joy and I can just feel the liberation and I'm so looking forward to following you on your journey and what what's going to happen next thank you so much for chatting to me today yes thank you Don it was an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you and it felt so nice being able to talk to somebody that knows the subject matter really well and just made me feel so open and invited to want to speak because I know this isn't a very easy topic to talk to about with anybody, let alone like a stranger and stuff. But with you, it just felt very natural and comfortable. And I really appreciate just like your energy alone just makes people just comfortable enough to open up and want to talk and tell their story. So thank you, Dawn. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.